0: I got the call from a scammer and I was like, I really want to take this. And I actually f- have a, a new cable to hook up my phone to the soundboard so I can record it. Oh, man.
1: See, so it's a new like, YouTube man. channel for, for Kevin.
0: I know. Yeah. It's the second, second idea that we came up with today for a YouTube channel for Kevin.
1: <laughs> oh, snap. I hope the first one was pancakes because that's no, still you waiting remember, You don't that. remember
0: the first one already?
1: I already forgot it. I didn't write it down. I forgot. Uh,
0: it. Similar to the TikTok channel that you shared. Don't talk about oh, it. I don't want anyone else to yes. All it. right. Let's get started. Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you. We're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyuconvert.com. Welcome to episode 234. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is the ad doctor, Andrew Peake, and Jackie Lipinski. Hello. Happy to be here. How's everybody doing? I was so bummed that uh the Zillow open door news broke right after. You're I, well, supposed I to
2: be on. I know you're, I was supposed to be
0: on. You're hanging out with them actually in person. Yeah. <laughs> the Zilla people co-opted the moment and showed yeah. up in town just so I couldn't <laughs> talk about it.
1: They did. Sneaky, uh, sneaky.
0: So I'm excited to talk about that, but... Um, I'm excited to hear about it. Let's get into story time first. Jackie, you're to go first.
2: Yeah. I was having a conversation with one of my friends and she was looking to buy a house in a slightly different school zone, um, just a few blocks away from her current house. And as she's talking to me about it, she, she, had, she was about to put in the offer and she pulled back and I asked her the reasoning. And she's like, you know, I'm, I'm just hearing all these things and the consumer sentiment and blah, blah, blah. And maybe it's just not the right move for us. And I was like did I just hear consumer sentiment and I didn't say that first? <laughs> it's like a four letter um, word. So what it triggered for me though, is that even Zonda, I know tracks news article headlines and data because what people hear and see in the news and obviously gets repeated over and over, it sticks. And so now I feel like it, it just has become uh, a word that now people are saying and it's just that people attach to, to explain why they're not, reasonably, why they might not be making a, a large decision. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that it was a unique experience where I was like, I didn't say it first, she did. And that is how she's feeling. And she can easily afford the house that she is buying. But she, just like a lot of builders, she's on the, the bench line of the game, waiting for it to play out before she makes a, a decision.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, because news tends to be lagging. Like, let us tell you about what happened already or 30 days ago or, you know, like the latest um, NAR report for July came out today on August 18th. It's like, okay, well, (laughs) I mean, it's already old news in some sense, but you're reporting it like it's news. So it's interesting to look at what the news is talking about versus what the stock market or investors Mm -hmm. or people who are trying to think into the future, not just worried about what now is, but there's no doubt. Consumers are thinking about this maybe more than they should, but I also just cracks me up because builders always love to talk about how the media is the reason, like there's no slowdown. It's just, it's just Mm -hmm. this media won't stop saying bad things, but in the good times, they don't mind talking about, you know, appreciation and prices going up and commodity. So like, you can't control them. You just got to focus on what you can focus on too at the same time, but there's it's in the consumer's mind at Mm -hmm. this point. was slow.
1: Yeah, definitely seeing that in the news makes you second guess, like, oh, is this a good choice or not? And then you could, I, for me, I'm like, well, everyone else is probably wrong. Like, I'm still, I'll buy the house. Like, why not? As far as just like my, my attitude in general, but it, that kind of ties into my story time. I, I made up a word. I've been brand repu-fluence. Um, so I don't know if it's branding, I'll let you guys decide branding <laughs> or reputation or influenced, like influencer, an individual. Marketing uh-huh. or reputation, that company's reputation or branding, like I've just seen them enough, whatever. I don't even know what brand means, right? Th- that means something. So I'll give you the story. So our power bill for our, our home, we're down here in Florida, is like through the roof. Doesn't make sense. At least I don't think it makes sense. Maybe I'm home all day. The air at a moderate temperature. Comparing it to neighbors who are in the same builder, same age home, similar AC, all that stuff. They're like, your power goes, how much? They're like, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? I'm like, I don't know. I'm home all day. So we've had the warranty out. We've had the company that put the AC in out. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, allegedly. And so I'm like, okay, before I think about any other expenses, like adding a split system just for my office for there in the day, whatever it may be, let's have this company I've seen all over the place. All positive reviews. They're on all the local advertising. I kind of know the owner. I know people that work there, all that stuff. I'm like, okay, let's bring them out. And I'm like, why did I do that? Like, I have there's nothing broken with it. Like, it's running. It matches. I put 75, it's 75. So I decided, like, this decision, I'm trusting them somehow to be this consultant advisory. Like, let's diagnose this thing. Like, am I crazy? Is the system undersized? This could potentially be, like, a bigger investment. But if our power bill goes from, like, mid-500s to 200s, Quickly will pay for itself as far as like, if we do need to invest in a few thousand dollars for something or more. And I couldn't decide. I'm like, Oh, was I just like tricked by all this, like things they're doing that a good company that is local would do, especially something like this. It's, it's a one-time thing for me, maybe once every X years, but because I've seen them enough in the local area. I'm Like what? What type of marketing? And these are this these are to?
0: ads or content that they're creating.
1: Ads. They're active in Facebook groups, but respectfully in Facebook groups. Like they know how to do it. Twenty twenty two. Not like, hey, use us for your AC free consultation or free checkup. Yeah. Like they're actually in there as people, not as like a company that like mm-hmm. you would assume. Like okay, boomer, get out of here. How you would typically would? Yeah. Market in like a group. And they're, yeah, local ads and kind of like all over the place, but local to this little tiny area of Seminole, which only people that have been here know what that means. Like tiny little town within the busy county itself.
2: But what you're saying is that they have individuals representing them in the hyper local markets or Facebook groups that.
1: Yeah. It's the the husband, wife, owner. Okay. Yeah. And they're the ones that interact. So it's not like a fake profile. Like they're, it's almost like how OSCs, if they're like in. Or a mm-hmm. realtor might be in like next door or something, but they're in there as people. Like, hey, here's what I would do. Look at this, like, not trying to get a sale. They're not trying to, yeah. to sell anything. So if people have AC problems. Like, hey, check this, check yeah. this, this. You might be able to fix it yourself. I, I used to do handy. that on
0: Reddit back in I yeah. mean, you can you can call me out here, Jackie, because you're more of a Redditor than me for sure. But yeah. I feel like in two thousand two thousand twelve was Reddit a thing? It's been around a lot, while, right? Front page of the internet.
1: It's in the top 10. Um, if,
0: it wasn't, if it wasn't that site, it was something similar. But I just, I would do searches and people would comment. I, I would find Heartland Homes mentioned in comments about what mm-hmm. builders should I think about working with, whatever. And I would comment as an employee of the company. And nine times out of 10, people were super just thankful. And, and there was a little bit of positive traction that came over time, just knowing that there was someone there to talk to yeah so uh, that makes sense to me andrew i i though think that your issue you should hire a and ener- not an energy audit but like an insulation audit so here in columbus i would call mooney and moses and they would come out with a infrared gun scan the house my hunch is you if you're paying gotcha. significantly more you've got some type of uh
1: something insulation
0: happened. uh building envelope issue is the sign yeah. the and i didn't lean
1: towards that well. because i'm like our home was we closed in 2019 like, but maybe who knows, maybe something.
0: Well, I got a crazy, you this you is not know. my story time, but is an example of what happens when homes get built. So Uh-oh. our paint job on the outside of our house was terrible. Uh, it's tip. a, it's a white farmhouse, hardy siding. And so, but it came out primed. I don't know why the builder didn't just have white. So it was just gray when it was installed and it's white. So you can see gray splotches coming through mm. and there were definitely bigger fish to fry. We're like, yeah, oh, well, it will just, well, we mentioned it to them. It was on their list. Well, then the painter, the gentleman who owned the paint company came out and was talking to Melanie. And he's like, yeah, I'm really sorry. The guy who did your house had just got out of the hospital because the job he had worked on before, he he ran the spray, the, the paint sprayer through his arm. And those things are super high PSI and you're injecting a not good chemical into your body. So he he runs it across his arm Tries to keep working for a day or two. The owner is like, what's up with your arm? He tells him, he's like, go to the hospital right now. The guy goes to the hospital, is in there for two and a half days, getting all this stuff out of his body. Oh my gosh. And then comes right back to work to paint our house to try to stay on schedule. So he's like, he only had one hand to hold the sprayer. And so...
1: You're like, why did you let him paint our house?
0: I'm telling you that story because... No, knowing that the guy is all right now, it's kind of funny uh, thinking about it. Just like it's like someone crazy. trying to just hold a giant paint paint spray gun with one arm, you know, who for hours. Just got out
1: of the yeah. hospital.
0: And, and like, sad. I guess it's funny and sad. But also. Terrifying. Just because all the other homes were built. Like, it's all these individual people working with individuals. Yes. And anything can and will happen. Yeah. We might
1: have had. So, yeah, maybe he's. Yeah, who knows? Yeah we, yeah, we could have a hole or something somewhere.
0: Or maybe maybe, maybe the people the working on your installation yeah. got into an argument, started throwing stuff at each other. One yeah. you know, some, one person stomped off, and the other guy had to figure out how am I going to do this job by myself? You just don't, I know you our, don't
1: know. Our super did not like us. He was not a fan of you know? the peaks. I tell you that much. Hated <laughs> us. Hated everybody. But he definitely did not like us. Oh gosh. We were we were we were needy, but we talked about this before. But yeah, it was all like education. Like had we been educated on expectations. We'd have been like, oh, we could stop. They were fine with the stopping by, mostly. We're like, is this right? Like trim with like half an inch. I think he put a picture on Instagram. Like, is this okay? Question mark. And Sean Van Dyke's like, that one's okay. That one's terrible. That one's okay. Recut that one. (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is our first time building a house. Like, we felt like it was a big investment. Like, this makes no sense that it looks like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, as someone thinking about building a house and working for a builder, you still have to understand that you do have to pay for that attention. And that's why I keep reiterating this theme over the years is that luxury is getting other people's attention focused on you or your problem. That is the definition of luxury. The, like you think about someone who has a billion dollars, they've got four people who are whose time and attention is just focused on their boat, their yacht. They've got two people who are just, Fixing and flying the airplane, like controlling yeah. other people's time and attention is, is the ultimate form of luxury. So the, the last house in the, in our um, three homes here in our neighborhood, you know, they, they chose a builder whose price per foot is 300, 350, maybe. I mean, it's significantly more yeah. than what we paid. They only build six homes a year. The, the guy building their project manager has talked to us who has nothing to do with this house. Six times in the last two weeks, almost to the point where I'm like, I don't want to be your friend. I'm good. But he, he's just like, hey, am, are any of my guys causing issues? I'm sorry about that trash over here. We'll get that picked up. Hey, how do you guys normally clean the streets out here? Because I want to get it like so much attention focused, not just on this person's home that he's building, but the entire surrounding and making sure that they don't move into a neighborhood with everyone grumpy about how their house mm-hmm. was built you know, been causing yeah. significant inconvenience for everyone else. So that's just not a factor. It's kind of like landscaping, you know, landscaping typically in first time, first time move up, even second time neighborhood m- move up by our neighborhoods. Landscaping is just the base level. No one has extra money left over for mm-hmm. more trees or whatever. Yeah. And so they, they're going to yeah, do that over time, especially the first time or two you work with a builder that's just not, you, you make those assumptions of, well, the experience has to be great. Uh, and and well, you, don't, you don't really want to factor into that, that maybe that's why this builder costs more. And I do think builders have the opportunity, especially people who cater to move up buyers to say, look, we do in essence, I wouldn't say it this way, have a customer experience tax. Again, you would never use that, that verbiage. But part of why we we do charge more is the personal attention that you're going to get. And obviously you better deliver that attention mm-hmm. Yeah. once you set that expectation
1: and then sell it like, you know, any question, anytime we're here for you, whatever, whatever it is, but some messaging that's rememberable. Yeah.
2: We, we mm-hmm. sold luxury memorable. homes and the owners of the company put their phone numbers on the website and they were like, you can call us if you're ever dissatisfied and almost no one would call us. In fact, I was joking about the spam earlier, you know, it it would be spam calls, but they just put that much love and attention into each home and wanted to make you certain that they lived there too. So they felt like you can call them at any time because every experience needs to be the best experience because we, it's very representative of how we like to treat our customers in each home. Um, There's
0: two things about that, that are really interesting to me. The one is that they had more issues with their identities being stolen (laughs) due to that. uh, They use call (laughs) rail next
2: time. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And the second thing is think about it. If someone does call them nine and a half times out of 10, they're not the one who has to solve the problem. So it's not just confidence in their own approach or the company, but to your point, Jackie, it's the confidence of if you call me and you're upset, I'm going to you in touch with the head of construction or the head of warranty mm-hmm. or some other person in the company who has been empowered to do the right thing and, yeah. and make sure you don't have to call me again
2: yeah like it shouldn't reach this level but if it does you know the buck stops here and we're, i'm going to handle it for you
0: Yeah, exactly yeah it's cool all right well we look forward to the update on what the issue is so here's my take on the zillow open door announcement one i was in i was excited. Because two really smart companies, uh, and and people are going to hate that I even just said that, which is comical alone. When I mean smart, I mean they are incredibly focused on what they want to do for the consumer, and, and like a, a squirrel trying to figure out how am I going to get the the feed out of the bird seed like bird feeder, like they're just so focused on solving particular problems that are problems. In our industry that my first reaction was just, this makes perfect sense. And in fact, was it like a, I think a week beforehand, we were talking either an internal call or on a podcast where I was like, this was, I think it was just an internal call at the company. I was like, I think this is going to happen pretty soon. I have no, I had no insider information on that's whatever. But I think before we even get to the details there, we have to talk briefly about the FTC fine that Door paid $62 million for quote unquote, misleading sellers. It's not nothing because it's $62 million in the grand scheme of the cash and the value of Opendoor $62 million is almost nothing. And I think it was Rob Hahn who uh, I heard first use this phrase, but they were green mailed. There's blackmail. We all know what that is. Greenmail is where you're just like, okay, this is not a thing. But to fight it, uh, especially fighting the government in court over time, what's it going to make to just have this go away instead? And so it's important to understand that FTC find them for misleading sellers. The payment does not mean that Open Door agrees with the findings. Does that make sense? That's why we uh, Rob and, and now I are using right. the term greenmail. Is they're not admitting guilt? It's that's, that's <laughs> the whole point of that to me is kind of strange. Like. Why would the FTC just take money if they're guilty? Wouldn't they say, no, you're guilty, here's the punishment? I guess negotiated settlements, I don't know. But basically, the biggest part of the claim that the FTC made was that there was apparently language somewhere for some period of time, although it's, it's been removed for for many, many years, about open-door paying market, market rate for homes, something similar to that. And that, obviously, open-door has to make money on that transaction somehow, like there's the transaction itself, but then they have fees and there's more into it. You can go read the articles, but no consumer, I don't think ever would imagine that if someone made them an offer in cash that would close in seven days, that it's going to be the same amount of money as if they would hire a realtor, spend 30 days fixing up the house, put it on the market, negotiate, Right. I don't know what reasonable person would look at that and say. I agree. Yeah. I mean, in theory, you could look at this estimate, look what Opendoor offered. And even that you just be like, I, like with minimal work, the consumer would see that market rate, but also what is the market? And I know Opendoor is a partner of the podcast, but it's a whole different market too. like the product is different that they're offering. So almost by definition, and I think this is why they didn't agree that they were guilty Market rate is what someone's willing to offer you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's you know? like what is market. Now they use competitive cash offer, I think is their. Yes, I'm on their site now. That's like their, their language they use now. And you hear, mm-hmm. I hear it on the radio all the time. And yeah. I see open door signs. There's like four on that street now. It's crazy.
0: Like so, right behind our house. They, they pay this fine to the FTC, but the realtor network comes out just with pitchforks and, and guns ready to just crucify open door and say, see, we told, we told everyone that this was going to happen and that the buyer could make more money if they used a realtor and went through the process. Again, I don't think that's a surprise to, to yeah. anyone.
1: And I don't think they even realize it was from 2019.
0: It's a well, yeah. And that like, right. there's a whole other thing about that. Um,
1: like they're like, oh, look what happened. They're, they're dumb. They got this fine. It's like, well, it's kind of old at this point. It's old news. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And and their most successful quarters, because they're now public companies, so they all the financials are publicized, their most successful quarters have come not as a result of deceptive language, if you see that as deceptive. So obviously they have more product market fit. Consumers are more interested in what they offer now more than ever, because it's convenience. It's mm-hmm. never been about the highest potential dollar. So with that out of the way, here's the quick breakdown. door gets integrated into Zillow. So if you go to an existing list, a home that you own or an existing home, it lists out options of what can be done, you know, ways to sell your home. So I just, I looked up a random house in Phoenix in Glendale uh, in Glendale, Arizona, ways to sell your home, work with an agent, sell it yourself. In the past, it would say, we'll buy it. We're Zillow. And in the future, it's going to say, Open door, we'll buy it. Now that's huge because Zillow gets basically the population of Mexico on their website every month looking at what's going on. And so that's a, that's a big win for open door, no doubt about it. Yep. But in exchange, because this is happening on Zillow, if someone, and it's kind of a parallel to what we talk about with builders all the time, the best worm on the hook to get the fish to bite is often not what we immediately think it would be. So it's not, you know, a home, it's a range of homes. It's multiple communities. It's uh, not just this one thing that we're going to dangle in front of them. If we want consumers to react to what builders are offering choices. Yeah. Yeah. And the opportunity to sell your home for cash quickly with minimal, with high convenience means that not everyone's going to want that, but it is a great, if you're thinking about selling your home. And you're just at the beginning of the process. Wouldn't that be one of the first things you, if, if you knew it was an option that you'd want to see? Well, like if I had to do nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, like worst case scenario, here's our number. Yeah. And what I think will be interesting is I would assume they could extract and they'll get everything from the listing itself. And so the offer is almost, you're not having to like how many, putting in your address, it looks up the information on the property appraiser and it does all that stuff. Like it already has everything it needs. To have an offer and the pictures too, if if it's listed. yeah, open
0: door already has the data and their own algorithms yeah. at which we found out were better than Zillow's algorithms, or the humans behind making the the variation on the what the data said uh, did a better job. But the big win for Zillow is not everyone who clicks that button thinking to themselves, "I want to learn more about this this quick, convenient offer is going to want to use that. Mm-hmm. and the and Zillow is now. At, the way Rich Barton talked about it, the quarterback. So once the consumer becomes a lead on Zillow, even though the lead might have been prompted due to this offer from Opendoor to buy their house for cash and a quick close, Zillow now interfaces with that customer and gets to talk about all of their options again in that interaction. Yeah. So that's a, that's a huge win for Zillow too, because now they get to, without the risk of their iBind program, uh they they get to partner with a company like OpenDoor who who does this really really well and for Zillow they get to continue to offer that without having to take the risk
1: i wonder how many more leads they'll get and then it could
0: Well, that out. was i mean like, they talked about that double. in their in their quarterly mm-hmm. reports before about the number of li- seller leads they would get as an as that exact scenario people who Think, of, think they want to hear the offer, but then want to ultimately work with uh, an agent, and then Zillow connects them with mm-hmm. with a professional yeah. and off they go so it was it was really lucrative in that sense so it's it's good for both companies I think um, open door might not be able to take full advantage of it i mean I, that's what it we'll just see right now where uh, they're going to get a lot more opportunities to look at a lot more homes. I guess mm-hmm. that's the big win, right? And they're going to be able to be pickier about the homes that they want to make an offer on that is more competitive uh, than than not. So I think it'll be really interesting to see how it ultimately gets played out too, because again, not having no insight directly from anyone at either company, although I'd love to have them on to talk about this. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about it at the summit a little bit as well. when Because uh, they'll both be on a panel together. But the actual UI of how this rolls out to me is really important. Um, Zillow is talking about as a deep integration, almost like it's going to be transparent to the consumer. It's just going to look like Zillow, but on the back end, they're going to use Open Door to facilitate it. Are they going to put the Open Door logo and name on there? Will any of that link back to Open Door directly? Um, yeah, because, because obviously, like Open Door.
1: But maybe maybe like powered by Open Door, like a little tiny thing. Yeah, but at some point, the name Open Door has to be there if that's where the paperwork. Right. Mm-hmm. For the lack of a better word, to me, done through.
0: Because Open Door also has a product called Open Door Exclusives. So when they when they buy a house, they list it on their website. And opendoor.com forward slash exclusives says off-market homes you can't find anywhere else. So these are uh the industry term would be pocket listings that are, are exclusive to homes. So so here's the other upside potential is that um they're gonna get the opportunity to purchase a lot more homes or to make offers on a lot more homes. And so if the number of homes that start showing up here grow because they're able to purchase more homes, that could be really good for open door as well, because it's going to help them drive more traffic to their site. They make more money uh, Mm -hmm. when they resell the home in the exclusive format. Um, We should probably talk more about exclusives generally, because it's a really interesting idea. You actually can, Before it goes to public uh, use, you can get a better price. So when it's in in an open door exclusive scenario, the price is better than when it goes to um, being available for everyone else to see.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And I literally just found out there's no sign there yet, but I think it's all the rest of the team. There's a home on our side of the community that's for sale and it was listed for a little bit. Then it went away. It's actually an open door exclusive. I had no idea. (laughs) Sounds like I'm like, that's totally made up in promo. But I just sent it in the in the zoom. I'm like, this is really interesting. Like, what happened to the house? It was a foreclosure. Mm -hmm. Someone bought it. They cleaned it up and then they
0: and it and so it it says it's it's six ninety-two if you buy it with open door now. If you buy it the list price through where else syndicated on the MLS, I guess, it's six ninety nine. So you're saving in air quotes out you know, eight, eight grand or seven grand if you buy it as an exclusive. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Now, people have gone back and forth over which side, which is better for for which party. I don't think we're going to know that. And and I'll just tell you that again. They're both smart enough organizations that they definitely each see this as a win for themselves. There's there's no neither neither party um, was thinking to themselves, "Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? We got to do something." Hey, um, partner with Zillow. Hey, let's partner with Open. (laughs) It's not there's no shotgun wedding scenario here. I don't, I don't think at all. I agree. agree. So it's going to be good for consumers. Mm -hmm. And I think there's going to be some interesting opportunities for builders as well down the road. Um, I'll keep those thoughts to myself for now, for the sake of time, but lots of good stuff. Okay. Moving on to the news, but first a quick word from our supporting partner, Open Door, not taking contingencies. Open Door creates more opportunities by sending customers a preliminary offer within minutes. Plus, as a builder sales associate, you can provide a flexible close date to help customers avoid double moves and mortgages by closing anytime from 14 days to nine months. Go to opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn more about how you can partner with Opendoor. All right. First up from the Atlantic. This one just made me chuckle. It's a good uh, palate cleanser from the more serious topic we were just talking about. It is. Uh, Are you sure you're not guilty of the millennial pause? The first generation to grow up with social media, millennials are now becoming the first generation to age out of it.
2: We're not <laughs> cool anymore.
1: So, I read this. I felt so embarrassed.
2: I, I love the article because Andrew and I, yeah, we're the same age and we can look at it and see, oh gosh, these are things we do and say. And now, not that we're not hip, but it's just calling us out on our social media trends and what the millennial pauses when you're actually recording the video It's the one two okay and then you start talking versus it yeah. feeling like an extension of your or
0: your hey song. are we live what's going on you know mm-hmm. yeah. and, well there's and definitely st- millennials i feel like because
1: what's the age group for millennials um late 20s to early 40s mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's pretty broad like like i grew up i did not have a smartphone until college because it came out like iphone's 2007 so versus a few years younger than i like a 29 year old that's kind of what their first phone might've been an iPhone. So I think there is a big difference in millennials as far as just every three or four year age group. Um, But yeah, what I got from this was like, Oh my goodness. Like I'm, I'm old, like compared to these youngins, like essentially to me, the biggest thing was like using internet speak in real life is like this faux pas of like, who are you? you're okay. Okay. Millennial versus okay. Boomer. Um, But even saying, okay, Boomer, which I did earlier, that's like, oh, that's cool. You're oh, he's a millennial
2: because he, yeah. he references that. He took <laughs> internet
1: too real, which it's still conflicting because there's people that live for the TikTok views. And well, let's let's just run down views. some
0: of what the article says as I think it's interesting. So first off again, the millennial pause is after hitting record, waiting a split second before you start speaking, just to make sure that TikTok or Instagram or, or whatever you're doing is actually working. And it was coined uh, last year by a 28 year old YouTuber and TikToker who was making fun of Taylor Swift. Uh, who obviously is a really famous individual, but it was just like, is she, she's never going to be relatable if she doesn't stop with this millennial pause. So in addition to the millennial pause, we've got issues of using GIFs to make jokes in Slack or messaging. Shoot. Posting song lyrics on your Instagram story. Hmm. <laughs> don't think I do that. Well, you know, I just...
1: But definitely yeah. the GIFs. It's, it's, yeah, it's almost like what you... I was talking to someone else about this. Um, might've been internally like, if you go look at your playlist, like on your music, of course, I listen musical time, you might have a bias towards music you had in middle school and high school and maybe some college or definitely high school. And that music sticks with you. Same reason, like your parents or my parents, like I'm like dad, you always got sticks on Chicago, Boston, certain music that he just grew up with. And that's what he had on. Like that will always be there. I think it's the same type of thing, like internet for us. Like I grew up on message we boards. Start,
2: we started we with gifts. Yeah, I remember plug. You know, it's like get off. I need to use the phone. Unplug your internet. And so these are things that just you know when they. I, I mean, my two-year-old. Uh, this is not something to be proud of. Uh, he proud. he swipes on the phone, and I'm like, well, wow. Why do you genius? They're you've so never had it. the phone. Please stop. But when you just grow up, I think learning this as a part part of your essence. And being quick, there, are you're more likely to adapt and see the older trends. Because we make fun of older people, it's like, how do you not understand which of the ten remotes is the remote? Like, clearly, it's the, this one. So yeah. That's my take.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun and true. They also love to turn their social media bios into lists. For instance, mine would read: Kate, Ravenclaw, cat mom, knitting enthusiast. Ah. <laughs> it's like, okay, let me go change my bio now. Yeah, um,
2: <laughs> definitely makes me feel old after. <laughs> we also stuff.
0: talked about uh TikTok and its use in search. And I got a little bit of not pushback, but but people saying that they, and these are, I believe he's a millennial who tried this and was telling me about it. Um a g- Good guy, Mark, if you're listening, thanks for doing this. But he's like, hey, after I heard you talking about TikTok and search, I started using it for search and found it to be actually useful. Oh, so he was hmm. like, he, w- he was traveling did a search for a restaurant, I think he mentioned, looked at a couple of different videos and then picked where he was going to eat. Now, obviously, I think what I was talking about at the time was that this is, even if you do that, it's additive search. I don't think you only search on TikTok. Right. But it's it's now the new top of the funnel, potentially, that then your Google search goes after second. And maybe it's a more specific search because you already know what you're looking for. I don't know. Anyway. I
1: agree. I mean, that's what I would use Instagram for especially food because i want like okay if i'm seeing people tag that place all the time then i'm like it has to be good so
2: so this was actually a conversation i had earlier in a meeting when talking about if a how a builder should could Think about TikTok. And if you're doing that, Ooh. and if you're doing that search and you're searching a location, what you just said, Andrew, was you are searching for people to influence your decision and to see in mass, but I'm not specifically going to that restaurant's page and only looking at their posts. So correct. Same thing I almost about-
1: don't want their posts. Like I want a little bit, but I want the real posts. Like what's the actually yeah. okay. the so best here- food there?
0: This is this is great. I love, I love when we go sideways.
1: Yeah, we could but that the
0: algorithm lot. that TikTok uses is it's going to show you what you like, correct?
1: Correct. So my TikTok okay. has turned so, into so, what I like, yeah.
0: Cuz I I'm a full believer in your theory, Andrew, that we've talked about before of if nothing else, look at TikTok for how people enjoy consuming content. But the more I think about it, I'm not even certain that that's true for everyone. So like think about Yeah. God forbid this happening, a boomer using TikTok. Like, what if, would they watch? Yeah. Would they watch something different? Would they, would they be sick and disgusted at the slow pan video of a kitchen, you know, showing, highlighting just a couple of features, but not like a, Hey friends, boo, you know, like all in your face and yeah. high energy and something mm-hmm. goofy happening. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, it's not really a
1: Cause they point. don't want what a millennial wants out of TikTok or a gen whatever. Right, because that's not the content. Like they would like. I mean, for us watching, yeah. hearing YouTube on from the kids, I, it drives me nuts because there's they cut out the spaces between the words. They're always high energy. It's the same tone throughout. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness, i have well, or it has to turn off.
2: And th- I think that goes back to the article too. Uh, there was this funny video I watched where this kid was talking with a British accent because he watched Peppa Pig so much. But, but you hear something constantly and you adapt the mannerisms. And so what they're saying is as those people with high energy, that, that is just going to be the new, Oh, hate for this phrase, the new normal for how people communicate. If there's like, and again, how the news or what you digest influences you, that's kind of the expectations of how you act. That
1: could be like the millennial pause, right? Is the millennials are obvious because this is the way they do it. And that's not fluent. That's not the normal. Way we okay. speak with TikTok, based on the most popular TikTokers or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're like, I think we have the bias where this is. I think that's what you're saying, Kevin. Like TikTok should be this because that's what the majority of content is. But maybe the 40 and 50 year old on TikTok could care less about what it quote should be. They just they're happy to see the home in a normal video that's not Tiktoked.
0: Yeah, that and native.
1: If like there is a
0: saving grace to TikTok over time, right now, to be clear, use it how you want personally. You should have yeah, an account. Pers- you should yeah. be paying attention. Although if you have young kids, I would just be, Whoa. Yeah,
1: that's a, no, that's a strong no for me as far <laughs> as the TikTok for the kids.
0: However, if it creates a platform where I do not have to worry as much about the content I create, as long as I know who I'm creating it for, and that over time, creators realize there is no single formula, unless you're just trying to tap into you know what is viral, uh, mm-hmm. into the largest possible audience, maybe over time... I'm waiting for some grandma to just do a single non-moving camera angle of her knitting for a minute at a time on TikTok and just doing that sure every day, work. you know, and that might already exist. I don't know. But it'll well, probably she, get yeah, to
1: me I think it could, if she spoke about, it. well, it's like the cooking there. Yeah. We, we're getting distracted. Well, my point is TikTok. the
0: content will find the audience
1: in yes, theory. If it's,
0: there might only be 15 of them.
1: I think if it crosses a threshold of good. Then I think it could find the right people. Well, what if narrow, the people
0: aren't good, Andrew? What if the people just like boring content?
1: They like boring content. Well, I mean, I think it needs to be good, good enough. Like they're like.
0: I feel like that. Like if be we're a lighting, test. there's
1: all these little things. I think
0: it needs to be
2: just specific enough of what I'm trying to accomplish. So so yesterday was in my garden, picked the tomato. The bottom's rotten. I actually went on Instagram. Like Not I was good. like, I need to see a video of someone explaining what I need to do versus read a bunch of articles. So that is a very hyper-specific keyword, mm. you know, long tail that I'm trying gotcha. to solve a problem for. And maybe that is something that, you're right, Kevin, someone is going to be searching something very specific and your videos might be able to create that answer I, for I it. promise
0: you, although this, I'll, I'll be wrong, that's okay. But I, I'm still going to use the term, I promise you. Right. It's more fun. I promise you there is a a zen tiktok audience and they just want to find calming slow soft content that would drive you and i nuts
1: yeah i think maybe good enough is like okay i someone will watch grandmother or mother whoever or father grandfather knit but i think it needs to be like you said it needs to be like like npr radio here i am crossing my hands over with it what well, they're like explaining what they're yeah. doing in a very asmr cross-stitching way. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you could hear like, so that's where it's good enough. In my mind, it's still extremely boring. You could fall asleep to it, but maybe that's the point you sit there and like, Oh, this is peaceful. Like she made a little baby giraffe. I
0: I almost, I, I wish someone in our audience would, would take me up on this challenge. I will, I will find a way to reward you. Don't worry about that. If you need, if you need an excuse, uh, an external excuse to help you do this, create a TikTok channel that just does kind of straight ahead content that is not a meme or a joke or catchy or has the wiggle screen effect or
1: just, know, it's just
0: just home tour thing. after home tour.
1: Well, there's you've seen like the guy that does maybe haven't. It, it's on my feed. He will find yards and he does them for free that are awful condition. And people, he has a YouTube channel. that has tons. Andrew, and tons of I know what you're talking, you know what talking about. about. See, this because we're we're the same age. He's also but in oddly. Nice.
2: Sa- he's also under oddly satisfying in Reddit, which I so that's like the whole me.
1: satisfaction type of uh-huh. video. Yeah. So it fits that. Which the knitting could fit that if it's done. But is it I mean, sped up where like
0: he fixes the whole yard in a minute and a half
1: for the um, on the
0: YouTube? says he? Yeah. Yeah. They're still so pretty long
1: because he's like showing like I'm edging okay. this part. I'm edging this All part. Right.
0: I feel like subconsciously we're losing the audience here. <laughs> Moving on. We might be to the next story. <laughs> Tell us if that was the most boring 10 minutes of your life or you want more of that. Maybe um, will ne- encourage
1: no TikToks to be made. <laughs> like we're not doing the TikTok thing. That sounds awful.
0: Next up, uh, Showtime, the next generation. So Showtime is a is a tool slash company that Zillow acquired. Mm, I'm not sure. How, but it's been a couple of years now, I think. Um And so, what is showing time for the MLS from their website? Showing time for the MLS enables real estate professionals to schedule showings online to save them from unnecessary phone calls and busy work. Decreased inbound and outbound calls save time, generate more showings. So it's basically it's a it's a service that allows people to schedule showings uh, digitally and with as little friction as possible. And something that a lot of people aren't paying very close attention to, but I think it's really important to do so. And they've come out with a couple new added features that I think um, make a ton of sense. So uh, one of them is smart route. So unexpected schedule change has you running ahead or behind schedule. Smart route provides options to inform your appointments of your schedule change and suggest similar homes located along your planned route that you can add to your tour and show instantly. So it's not just scheduling an on-demand showing uh, or a showing as an agent but it's automatically alerting them like Waystyle. style if you hit traffic or get rerouted or are late it will proactively tell that person what's happening and then also allow you to find other homes that your you or your client might be interested in seeing
1: it's pretty cool yeah i yeah. feel like this is uber this has uber vibes
0: it
2: does it does um, but it, but- I mean, they're adopting something people are really familiar and comfortable with. So I think it has a great user experience then.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think about You're, You're with a realtor and they're running behind and you have the evening. I'm thinking how we would be buying a home. The kids would be, we'd have a babysitter. And so we have the evening or whatever time. So if we're wasting time we're we'd be kind of annoyed, but if it's like, oh, they're running behind, we could go look at this home. It's not something we were going to consider before, but at least we're looking at another home, which will kind of assist in making the decision. Yeah. And purchasing our next home. Like and that, we definitely don't want that. But that who happened, knows really like that.
0: that's how we sold our house in Pittsburgh. Uh we were on vacation, got a phone call, and the realtor said, Hey, um, we're waiting for the this other showing to become available for us to get into. We drove around the, the corner, found your house, which was for sale by owner. Can we get in? Like, sure. Yeah, we're not here. Here's the code. Have at it. Um, so certainly that that happens all the time. Even just I think it's just, again, pay attention to this. We don't have to spend a lot more time because we spent time other, other places, but um, they're, they're iterating this product more and more, and I think it's only a matter of time until something like this becomes available and, and more deeply integrated into new construction options as well. That doesn't mean that oh, sure. you know, U-Tour goes away, but I wouldn't be surprised if U-Tour somehow becomes a part of uh, this platform over time. More technology Definitely. like that. Next up from nine to five Mac Instagram users can now cross post reels to Facebook. How very millennial pause of all hmm. of us to want that. Right.
1: Right. <laughs> that is. Yeah. That's. I, I still want Facebook to be Facebook, Instagram to be Instagram, TikTok to be TikTok. I don't know why I understand why they don't do that, but selfishly why they, they want that to not why happen? why they would want to happen. But hmm user side, I'm like, right, Facebook is for this Instagram for this, TikTok's for that. like don't cross circles that and that's a phrase we use here like well, yeah. oh, here's my church circle, here's my work sort of like when they start to get connected, I'm like, oh this is weird, everyone knows everybody
0: <laughs> I'm not same type I'm, of thing. I'm not prepared to go through th- this in detail now, but definitely next time I'm on, um, I'll do this. The whole concept of video being the future. I found this great thread of conversation among several smart people that talk about how this is, this has happened over and over and over again. Like if you remember flip was a video tool prior to cell phones, having video built into them, smartphones to record video. And people have been talking about video being the future of everything forever and how it just doesn't happen. It keeps not happening. And even how podcasts are more popular than ever, um, really well written articles being read more often than ever, and how video is you know the most difficult medium to do consistently and well uh, requires the 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 most investment in terms of technology. Um, you only can consume so much video at once because you if you're consuming the video part, you can't really do as many other mm-hmm. things at the same time. but how essentially. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, and social companies collectively are pushing video for selfish purposes. And I go through all that just because it continues to be really interesting to me how generally speaking, video works not as well from an advertising standpoint as other mediums. And I don't think it's just because people aren't making great video content. I think it's just because when you're leaning back watching videos, you're less likely to take action. It, it can work again for branding and down the road, but you're less likely to click out and leave. So even just the fact that, you know, this article also references that they're, they rolled back some of the changes to the Instagram format, but they still say that Instagram is focusing on video more than ever.
2: I, I think it's more of a, you know, you, what is the term? You put a frog in water and you slowly bring up the heat. But if you just, so incremental changes that Mm -hmm. it seems like they found are worked better than just trying to flip the switch on some people and getting mass outrage and just slowly tweaking things is how I would see that. Altered. Um, but I do agree because there are articles I want to read and when it is only a video, it is very frustrating because sometimes I'm looking for a little snippet or a specific detail and I don't have the time to watch the video three times over. I need that. I, I, Everyone consumes content differently and that is not how I enjoy looking at very specific detailed items that I want to learn from. I, I I'm a visual learner. I need to, I can watch, but I also need to read the same things to get the point across at certain points. So it, it, it can definitely be frustrating for some people. I do like, you know, it seems like more people with video do put subtitles, at, subtitles. Um, mm-hmm. But even I remember when we did, Internally at do you convert, we created a bunch of testimonial videos and we paid for a feature text for everything ever said into text, because that is an easier way for us to digest and spend our time is searching for specific things that you're trying to get out of the, the videos. So yeah. I do agree. And, and the builders we do do ads for with videos, it's, it's always.
1: I, I'm glad you said fun. the word time. Cause I think that's really the issue is time. People want time and information. Video is information. Everything's information. The most popular YouTube videos, that's where they're editing the video to be, have less time, more words per second. Mm -hmm. And it's annoying sometimes, but when you're actually wanting something, you will gravitate. I think my theory is towards the video that is faster to make the point. Like that would be super annoying if I talk like that real life. But if it's fast, 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 you'll sit there and digest it and actually watch the video. So these faster pace, faster Mm -hmm. speak videos, I think get better views Mm -hmm. because it's just a time it's time. There's a time thing, and that's where the ads are yeah, like, I don't you're, you're in, you're ad, I want to watch the
0: video. You're not actually home. that invested in most topics. Mm-hmm. No. You're like that used. is why you're gonna find out Mark Rober videos again are all super long. Because when a Mark Rober video comes out, my kids are like, Let's go pop some popcorn, and sit down. This is like an episode of a of a show. They're that you know 20, 30, yeah. 40 minutes long sometimes. And it's because at that point. He's, he's created enough trust and, and developed enough interest with my kids that, that they want to, like, they would be super pissed if suddenly all of Mark's videos were 15 second shorts. Oh, yeah. What the heck did you do to my Mark Rober?
1: Mm-hmm. So, they want the drama. I think they the want...
0: reality is that, that and it, this goes back to, again, something I've said for probably over a decade now, is that people don't care until they care. And then when they do, they want to know everything. So I agree with you, Andrew. Like, if I'm casually thinking about buying a car, there are certain types of content and channels that I will flip through and kind of catch up on what's, Mm -hmm. what's the latest going on in that world. But then when I'm thinking about buying a car, I will watch five different Mm -hmm. videos that are 30 minutes long because I want the slow and the methodical, and I don't really care how fast they talk. So I I think, again, there's something there to pull out for what we're doing in home building. And I, and I, again, I think where all of the focus right now is on the short term because of the view count, I still think there's opportunity for some long form that builders aren't doing and should be doing too. I, Definitely. I, I'd be pushing that way because you can always slice up into short form later.
1: 100%, oh, much easier to go that way than starting at short and like, okay, how do we get long videos? <laughs>
0: All right. From CNBC.com, home sales fall nearly 6% in July as housing market slides into a recession. And I actually was the first person to comment back on the story and say, holy cow, the whole real estate market is in recession. You know, the whole, all, the entire housing market nationally, what, like the headline is so far from. So yes, ex- you know, sales of homes, both new and existing, according to NAR, did drop 20% from the same month a year ago. And a 20% decline is, is what you would in stock market world, you'd say, okay, it's either a severe bear market or recession. Uh, But then the article goes on to to talk about how, well, okay, it's really just that um, builders aren't building at the same volume as they used to. House prices are still higher. In fact, he says, uh, are are homeowners in a recession? Absolutely not. They are still very comfortable financially. So.
1: Yeah, I think they, when people hear the word recession and think back to when people, I forgot what percent of people were underwater, say with the mortgages, they could not sell unless it was through, you know, short sale, foreclosure, bankruptcy, whatever, it may be. And that was just, no, everyone's good. Tons of equity out there, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah. And 11% to well, and it's actually a bigger percentage decline, but first time buyers historically make up about 40% of sales but uh, this last July they only accounted for 29% uh, just highlighting the struggle on affordability. In fact someone someone was on Twitter talking about how um, you know all these different one one company says we're three million homes short, someone else says two million. John Byrne says 1.8, you know all these different people but but everyone agrees we're short on homes And my response was okay, we're also short on unicorns like m- meaning, we're short of a million plus homes that are highly affordable. Good luck. I mean, everyone I interact with is like, well, Kevin, not from our, our world. How are builders going to make these incredibly affordable homes again? <laughs> I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have no idea. They're not going to look like they did before. If they do, I'll tell you that.
1: No. Here's a container. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: terrible. Which container prices are up, you know, 400% yeah. from 2019. So yeah. those aren't affordable either. All no, right. Anymore. Last up, just a, a fun one to end on before we get to the question of the week and wrap it up uh, from the verge.com. The WeWork co-founder lines up $350 million of investment for a new billion dollar real estate venture. Andreessen Horowitz uh, invested $350 million via a 16 Z one of their funds at and and gives a valuation of Adam Newman's new company Flow of a billion dollars, hmm. and this is now the second company that he has created after um, the the first one after WeWork, which we'll we'll talk quickly about the terrible <laughs> dumpster fire that was WeWork when yeah. it was trying to go public. His first one is a carbon offset company that uses cryptocurrency and tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been kind of paused because no one wants to buy them. So that's on, that's on hold. That's fair. <laughs> so this is his second big idea that he's come out with. And high level, if outside of the issues that this individual might have of, of being a good steward of capital, uh, Flow appears to be a rental opportunity, a platform uh, where companies or projects that that Flow will own, so they already own three thousand apartments between several cities: Atlanta, Nashville, Miami, um, and and a platform for developers and other folks who want to turn their projects into a Flow property. But it, it it's still a little bit unclear what's really happening. It's it seems like it is going to be, um, you know. Uh, renting an apartment with the ability to to maybe move between locations, with a little bit increased flexibility and some type of equity or ownership built over time, through of course you guessed it tokens.
1: Love <laughs> we'll <have> some tokens. <laughs> so I mean that, the the flexibility is really intriguing. If you're I'd imagine like I'm thinking if Lindsay and I didn't have kids, and we could be like let's go to Miami for let's say you could have. You could get out of like the short-term rental price. Like, oh, you want to be here for six months? Now the rent's four grand versus 3200 Maybe they could skirt around that and we could Nashville to Miami or go to Atlanta for a little bit. That'd be fun. Mm-hmm. That'd be worth. But what premium are you paying on the rent for those apartments to be able to do t- that is my hesitation. And like, is it cool or not? Like for a 12-month lease, or is a flow property 3600 for a two-bedroom? Right, the normal property in the area is actually twenty nine hundred, or maybe it's only thirty. Maybe it's the same price. There actually isn't a premium. In that case, that's amazing. Or maybe the but price
0: becomes less relevant because you're getting Kohl's cash every time getting, you pay yeah, your rent. You're getting
1: Kohl's cash. So that, I, that's. I'm like, you have to pay for it somewhere. There's nothing. Nothing's free.
0: The Kohl's cash like, is my joking illustration of you know they're saying you're going to get some type of tokenization out of this. So maybe every month that you you pay your rent on time, you get a flow token. And then you have the ability to, to use one of those tokens to either decrease next month's rent cost, or maybe if you get 12 tokens, you can turn them in for a free month. Um, and they're talking about creating this, this cryptocurrency wallet that will hold your flow uh, currency. And you'll be able to pay your rent with it, pay for other services that are connected um, to the place that you live in, in your development. Um and, and that seems to be when we talk about building equity over time as a renter, um, you're going to do it through this, this cryptocurrency, which might sure. give you partial ownership and flow or it might just be used to pay for services and or rent.
1: And by Kohl's cash, you're, my, my interpretation is it's only valuable at Kohl's. It has right. no value outside of goals.
0: So yeah, that's what Jackie, token, you were like, this is there's like no Dave value. And, oh, yeah. I was Busters. like Dave and
2: Busters. That's exactly yeah. what I'm imagining in this scenario. Trade it in for a prize and it's lower rent yeah. or it's a
0: plastic. A
1: million thing. dollars And we work bucks, tokens, yeah. or Now, something. if
0: he if he starts with you know the packet of runt candy that I'm going, I'm going on your Dave and Buster's analogy. So if mm-hmm. I take my mm-hmm. kids to Dave and Buster's and they work for an hour and a half and spend $30 to get enough coupons or tickets to buy a package of runs that I could have bought them at the grocery store for 79 cents. That's clearly not going to work. So my hunch mm-hmm. is that out of the gate, it's going to be things like if you get enough flow tokens, you can get free Uber rides for a month or yeah. high value, that, low
1: cost to them.
0: Mm -hmm. Like,
1: well, I was thinking like laundry, like laundry service, like you don't do your laundry, like they have, like they connect with a local company or maybe you get, they have their clubhouse and there is private meeting space you get access to as Mm -hmm. far as like the working, working from home. Um, I do know
2: when I signed up, I went to their website and I, and there's nothing on the flow website and I, but I did sign up to be notified to get more information. So I'm hoping I...
0: We'll get in informed of
2: exactly what their what their game plan is once that does roll out.
0: Yeah. Now, the other reason that you might have heard about this is simply around all of the memes and jokes that have come out related to this, partly because Adam Newman did such amazing work at WeWork. So, as an example of of kind of how he WeWork was a a co working space company, and he Adam would personally buy property. And then lease it back to WeWork, making him money and WeWork lose money Uh, for the short term, anyway, would be his argument. He bought the trademark for We and sold it back to WeWork for $6 million so that he made a nice, nice profit off of that. Terrible. Kind of got laughed out of the business world uh, three years ago or so. So the fact that he's back. And back, not only talking about something related to real estate, but also cryptocurrency, which is depending on who you talk to, there, there's a lot of people doing what Jackie just did, shaking her head. Uh, yeah. So, how it's did you get this?
2: And I feel like it confuses people still. And there's not a really good, I mean, the people who understand it understand it, but I just don't feel like it's communicated in a way that expresses value. And that's exactly what's why it keeps having issues. But,
1: but you yeah. did get $350 million. I'm as an not investment. impressed. Not know yeah. terms on that and all that type of thing, but it's a big commitment. So it has to be some faith in it, having a return. Yeah.
0: Big, and the irony too return. is Andreessen, uh, Mark Andreessen is famous for um, talking about how there should be more housing, but then also fighting against any housing in the areas where he and his wife live yeah, because little, it would bring that, down their property values.
1: So, yeah, he's in uh, Atherton, which I had to Google. I'm like, oh, oh, that's a nice little spot there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Average Zillow listing was like $7 million or something. <laughs> Nothing like really beneath that. Or it was a home site, a, a lot.
0: It was like $3 million. Cool. Yeah. yeah no or deal. 30 billion flow tokens. You know, ooh. either one. I can't wait for my like
2: to buy candy with that.
1: 900,000 on-time <laughs> payments to get that.
0: <laughs> Hopefully a couple of my cryptocurrency buddies will get that joke all right question of the week is i want to hear about frustrations that you as builders have related to using the mls what are the rules that you wish were better or easier to work within Um, what restrictions drive you crazy Uh, whatever it is about mls's that you think should be improved or the mls uh, uh, generally speaking that would be more useful for builders uh, let us know. We already got a couple really good insights. Andy Andy from MI uh, talks about how he wishes that it was easy to the point where they could put everything in the MLS because for 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 comps of of future sales, having that data in the MLS for for people to quickly and easily use and be accurate. Because sometimes when realtors put it in, they put it in before um, all. or you saying some of the details are wrong? Uh, Jennifer Walsh talks about. You know, requiring information that they don't have early on in the communities in order to get in the MLS, Um, they don't allow them to use their name. Uh, Syndication companies like Zillow requiring all the data to come from the MLS being an issue because it's not easy to use. Um, Rachel Peters made a really good point: the ability to list the home as available to be built versus to be built. (laughs) To be built, you know, realtors and consumers often think like the home is imminently about to be built. Or is, or is mm, currently under construction yeah. versus just saying, hey, if you want one. to pay us this price right here, we'll start building for you. Um, one of my thoughts was days on the market. You know, yeah. A lot of builders worry about, I don't want to list the home too early because then by the time it's actually done, it's already been on the market for 120 days. And maybe people's uh, perception is that the, the home is stale mm-hmm. and less interesting. So what if that just automatically changed and didn't show a days on the market? Until the home was complete, maybe there's another term uh, that could be used. Janice talked about just connecting a feed straight from your website to the MLS. Wouldn't that be amazing instead of having to do paperwork and all the back and forth for each and every home to get it listed. So a100 sure. uh, dollar gift card out of the out of the comments will be chosen at random. Uh, hop in there and uh, and let us know what your thoughts are about how the MLS could be improved. And then I'll tell you why I'm asking. Soon enough, too. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. All right, I think that'll do it. Wow, we might have set a, a record for 2022. All that TikTok longest... talk. Oh no, don't snip it. People can... It's it's audio. We you need can listen stamps. while you're That's walking, all. while you're mowing the lawn, while you're not paying attention to your kids, whatever you want to
1: do. Okay, laying on the floor. There you go with your Oculus Quest on.
0: <laughs> All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. I'm a good. Bye. Marketproof Marketing is proudly supported by Opendoor. Visit opendoor.com forward slash do you convert to learn how you can partner with Opendoor to increase certainty, speed, and ease for your home buyers. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. View hundreds of articles, videos, and more for free at do you It's also the best way to find out how to connect with us on social networks or in real life. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.